1: They use
2: bad language and mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room.
0: I know exactly who that is. That's the mother f- that loses every god game. <laughs> That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so, get rid of him. Oh, wow. Bros! Come on, I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Xavier! All right, as Heineke avoids pressure and heaves it deep. Samuel, the official star. And Samuel makes the. It- There were three Vikings and an official, but Samuel made the catch. One official is saying he's in for the touchdown. Heineke has it. Throws. Catch made. Into the end zone, and that's a Washington touchdown, Dax Milne. Heineke throws middle high, and it's intercepted. Harrison Smith with the takeaway. And Smith... Inside the 20. Inside the 15, Vikings will take over.
2: I'm not angry. Just give me the ball.
1: You oh, son of a bitch. Uh welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Matthews. I know Dirt from Beer League might be a little bit harsh, but I gotta tell you, if we were uh, if that was Carson Wentz that had thrown that interception. We'd be killing him today. I think we just have to be fair. So, there you go, a 20-17 to loss. The Washington Commanders against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday at FedEx Field. It was there for the taking, man. And you got the entire Taylor Heineke experience in one game. So, coming up in our second segment, we'll talk to Taylor and I'll also let you know why I think we heard from Ron Rivera on Monday why you might as well get ready for the Mandos to go back to Carson Wentz when he comes off of IR. I think he said something in his meeting with Beat Reporters today. You always have to read between the lines with Ron, but he said something that definitely points to Carson Wentz coming back when he is able to come back. So the loss that, and I tell you, they could have had that one. They could have had that one. Leaves them at four and five. They're still just on the outside looking in for that seventh seed in the playoffs, which I know is just kind of purgatory. But you got to decide where you want to go with it. And if you got a shot at the postseason, why not go ahead and take it? Wow, they could have come out of that thing five and four yesterday. You know, we've talked here before about looking at the schedule and projecting wins and everything. If they'd have hung on in that game, and they were five and four at this point. I could have gotten you. I could have easily gotten you to seven and five after twelve games. As it is, I still think they got a really good shot at six and six. I don't think they're going to win in Philadelphia next Monday night, but I think after that it's Houston and Atlanta, and I think those are two very winnable games. I can get you to six and six going into the last five games of the season, two of which is with the Giants, who. Even though they're 6-2, I'm still not convinced. But all that is down the road. Let's first start with what we liked and what we didn't like yesterday in that 20-17 to 17 loss. And I got to tell you, I got to start with Taylor Heineke. And I didn't like him yesterday. I really wished I could say that I did. Because... You know, there were times, like the YOLO ball to Curtis Samuel, and you just said, man, oh, man, the dude's on a heater, and you, you just got to ride it. And that's true, but, you know, at the end of the day, look at the stats. 15 out of 28, 149 yards, two touchdowns and one interception, and a quarterback rating is 77.8. That That's just not going to get it done. It's not a sustainable business model. I think Heineke is what he is. And what he is is a guy that can come in and give you a spark. And, you know, with his mindset, once Carson once comes back, if you've got a game where Carson ain't getting it done, yeah, you can bring him in off the bench again. But it's just not sustainable. He's not sustainable as a starter. Uh, You need a guy that can go out there and isn't going to sail that pass to Logan Thomas, not to mention the fact that he's going to, Take what the what the defense is giving him. Um, you look at Heineke's PFF grade. So the PFF grades are out for yesterday for Sunday. Uh, you go and look at the offense. The only person that had a worse day than Taylor Heineke, at least statistically and grade wise, was Deami Brown, who was pretty much invisible all day. Boy, do they need to get Jahan Dotson back or what? And it's tough with hamstrings, especially when you re-injure it like he did. But let's hope they can get him back uh, sooner rather than later. Um, some of the other guys that had good games, uh, Dax Milne had a great game. In fact, he was the second best performer grade-wise next to Curtis Samuel, who really, really starred yesterday. Curtis Samuel had an overall grade of 82.6. Uh, 75.0 pass reception and uh, 69.3 run reception. Um, in addition to Milne, who is right behind him, Armani Rogers played really, really well. And parts of the offensive line played well. It's the same story with the line. You got some guys that played well and some guys that didn't. It's a consistency thing. Trey Turner turned in um, a decent performance yesterday. I like the way he played at right guard. But again, uh, the other side of it is that uh, the Vikings absolutely feasted on Cornelius Lucas and over the middle on on Tyler Larson as well. But as we know, that's not going to get any better. If you want to look at some things to hang your hat on, and I think we found the identity of this team. And it's play good defense and stay in the game. And give credit to Jack Del Rio, because I wanted that guy gone after week two. I mean, I wanted him out. I didn't think he knew what the hell he was doing. I thought that the game had passed him by. And man, was I wrong, along with just about everybody else. This defense is legit. And the the front five we're not talking just good relatively speaking to what the commanders have had in the last few years. We're talking overall in the league, maybe borderline elite. Jonathan Allen is just playing so well. And the new owners, whoever they're going to be are going to have a real problem on their hands in deciding it's a good problem to have whether to, uh, whether to pay Duran Payne or not. Uh, Montez sweat actually was the best performer, Of anybody yesterday uh, on the defense. Um, Again, John Allen is continuing to perform at a high level. And you know who else has turned a corner here the last three or four weeks? Jamin Davis. That's the third performance in a row, the third really good performance in a row that Jamin Davis has turned in. Really good tackling. Real good on the pass rush, good on the coverage yesterday. Overall, he was the commander's third best performer overall on defense. And if Jamin Davis is starting to get it, then this is going to be, th- this defense can keep this team in games going down the stretch. What they're going to have to figure out is how to score points because 17 is just not. Gonna get it done. I mean, forget, forget just the last couple of weeks. Here's your offensive output the entire the entire year: 28 against the Jaguars. That's good. 27 against the Lions, even though they lost and the defense played horribly offensively. That's good. Since then, eight points against the Eagles, 10 against the Cowboys, 17 against the Titans. 12 against the Bears, 23 against the Packers, your high-water mark, and the last two weeks, 17. You've got to do better than that. And if that means maybe taking a couple extra sacks with Carson Wentz in there, when Carson Wentz Wentz is ready, you got to bring him back. And he's going to come off injured reserve. I think he'll be eligible to play against the Texans. I know that it's somewhat of a short week. But I think you've got to pull the trigger on it. And coming up in a little while, I'll tell you why I think Ron Rivera is going to do just that. And that again, it's no knock on Heineke. And you know what? Heineke can serve as a relief pitcher. He, he's got the mentality. Just because you go back to Wentz doesn't mean if uh, a couple of games into it, you know, if, if Wentz is struggling, you can't go to Heineke for half the game. He's going to perform just as well. But here's where they're at and here's where they're at record-wise and this is why you go back to Carson Wentz. You're 4 and 5 right now. They're not going to beat the Eagles next week, so they're 4 and 6. But then come the Texans and the Commanders. So that gets you back to 6 and 6. That takes you into December at 500. You got two games back-to-back against the Giants. You go to New York on December 4th, then you're bye week and then you come home to play them again. You split those two, you're 7 and 7. And quite honestly, you know, I, I, I'm still not convinced on the Giants, and I can eat my words on this. You sweep those two, you're eight and six. The 49ers right now are a 500 team. The Browns and then the Cowboys, you close at home. Now, let's say you split the Giants. That's seven and seven. Again, you go to San Francisco, a team that will probably be in the hunt uh, for a division title. But again, the 49ers are, right now, who the 49ers are. And right now, today, they're a 500 team. Yeah, they're probably a little bit better than the Commanders. They are better than the Commanders. But still, we're not talking about a team that's 7-1 and one here. I mean, the NFC outside of the Eagles and the Cowboys and, you know, it's a mess. And it's all bunched very tightly together. I wouldn't say that the 49ers are significantly better than the Commanders. But let's say you go out to San Francisco and you lose. That's 7-8. and 7-8 and eight coming home with two games at FedEx Field to close the deal, to close the season. The Browns, who are horrible right now, yes, they're going to get Deshaun Watson back, who knows what they're going to look like on New Year's Day. But you beat the Browns. That's 8-8 eight and eight against a Cowboys team that could very well, probably will have their playoff position wrapped up. They can't do any better or any worse, depending on what happens. Could very well be an unmotivated Dallas team in here the last week of the season to play the Mandos. Could be a playoff spot on the line. And for that reason, I think the guy that gives you the best chance for that is Carson Wentz. That's just the way it is. You got to, And with the capital that you've given up, you've got to see. Now, if Wentz goes out, lays an egg, they're out of it by the time you get to the last three games of the season, fine. Then you can yank him. You can put in Sam Howell. But as of right now, I, say, I think they're going to be starting Carson Wentz, and they're going to ride him until they either clinch a playoff spot or they're out of contention. All right, let's go inside the locker room. Uh, we got a bunch of folks to hear from. Uh, we'll start with Terry McLaurin. Again, back to yesterday, they had it. They had it there in their hands. They let it go. Uh, and Terry said it was uh, it was frustrating. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, you know, when you're up two scores in the fourth, you just don't get out, come out with the win. That's, that's tough because we put ourselves in a situation to win the game, and uh, we did it. So you got to give them credit for, you know, not giving up. We knew coming into the game, they're a great fourth quarter team. I mean, they have a lot of uh, come from behind victories in the fourth quarter, but, uh, you know, as a team, we just didn't get it done. Uh, yeah, it's it's, just, it's frustrating, especially when you're, uh, you know, you have a chance to win the game and we had the ball in our hands. and. Uh, you know, that that's definitely when that kind of stings a little bit more because you put yourself in a situation to win the game against a very good team. And we you don't come out with those, um, you know, it, you just start thinking back what play you could have did to do better. But, um, you know, as a team, we're just going to look, look at ourselves first and then see how we could come back next week and, and, and try to get a win in Philly. Interesting when Terry says you go back and look at plays that could have made a difference. I'll tell you the play I think. They could have made a difference, and it wasn't Terry's fault. wasn't Taylor Heineke's fault, for that matter. It was Ron Rivera's. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, challenging that spot in in the second half. You might remember the Mandos had one time out to work with down the stretch, and they really could have used that because you know. So the Vikings couldn't run the clock down. Maybe if they had the second timeout, out, um, Ridgeway doesn't, doesn't commit that personal foul. They'd already spent one timeout, And Ron Rivera decides to challenge that spot on the Heineke scramble on second down. I mean, I thought for a minute, I was like, you know, am I high or something? Am I misreading something? Is it third down? No. It was second down. He challenged the spot, which clearly was short, and they lost the challenge, which means they lost their second timeout. And what was even more perplexing was Rivera's answer about it after the game. And After that, the implications versus let's just try and pick up the third and one regardless. Well, that's exactly it, though. I mean, you sit there and you say, well, you know, if we, if we do it and you don't get it, then I'm going to ask me why didn't you challenge it. I mean, let's be honest about that. So that's why we did it. Okay, number one, when was the last time a coach cared about what we in the media are going to ask him after the game? In that sense, uh, and number two, I, I don't know what he's thinking because, really, when I saw Heineke go down, and you know, let me tell you, let's take an unsigned poll here. Who you know raised your hand? Raise your hand if you thought they should have challenged that. I never thought he should have challenged that on second and inches. Are you kidding me? What do you gain? What's the most you gain by challenging that play? I mean, you talk about, you know, high floor, low ceiling, low ceiling, high floor thing. You're risking your second time out of the half for about six to seven inches. And we're not talking that it's third down or even fourth for that matter. It's second down. What's the worst that happens? You've got Third and inches, which oh by the way they converted rather easily, thanks to Armani Rogers. No, that that was just that was just stupid. I I'm still at a loss as to how he did that. I, I really am. I really don't get that. I, I don't think anybody else in the stadium was thinking about him challenging that. That was a huge huge mistake there, and I think it, and it cost them. It cost them because after the interception, after the drive, and you know, and Minnesota comes down, and you know, you didn't have a chance to stop the clock with say a minute forty or so on it, you know. And if again, maybe Ridgeway still draws the personal foul, but you take that out, at least Taylor Heineke at the end of the game has oh a minute. 30 or so to try and get into field goal range. And Joey Sly's got a pretty big leg. So uh, that was just, that was such an egregious mistake. I, I think that borders on malpractice. When we come back, we'll hear from Taylor Heineken. I'll tell you what Ron Rivera said at his Monday meeting with reporters that, let you know he is going back to Carson Wentz, all things being equal. Wentz comes off the injury reserve list. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey and Pigskin Podcast Network. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out right now. Everybody could earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Just go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team's going to win, some player props, point totals. Okay, so let's say uh, against the Eagles on a Monday night game. You know, you think the Commanders are going to win, you take the points, the money line, and... Taylor Heineke throwing three touchdown passes. Hey, from your mouth to God's ear on that. Well, with the payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go to when betting on the NFL. It's just fantastic. So, all you got to do, I want you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code THPN, place a $5 pre-game money line bet, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You got it? Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code THPN. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text HOPENY. In New York, visit opgr.org. In Oregon, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Tennessee, or 888-532-3500. In Virginia 21 and over, 18 and over. New Hampshire and Wyoming, fiscally present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, select parishes, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia. West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customer offer void in New Hampshire, Oregon, or Ontario, Canada. New customers only, one per customer valid. Minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Bet must win. $200 issued as 8 dollars free bets. Free bets are non-cashable and cannot be withdrawn. Free bets must be wagered one time and stake is not included in any returns or winnings. Free bets expire seven days after being awarded. Promotional offer ends one fifteen twenty three. 23 See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I promise in the coming days and weeks, a lot more Caps talk, Caps, uh, oh, Oof. They are on a slide right now, and they are injured. Uh, but they're uh, they're at home uh, as we as we record this on Monday night, hoping to snap. I believe it's a four-game losing streak, four-five game losing streak. Let's hope they can do it. All right, let's get back to the podium, uh, Taylor Heineke. After the loss to the Eagles, uh, you know, kind of saying what you would expect a quarterback to say in that position.
2: Uh, It was a hard-fought battle in the whole game. I felt like the defense played unbelievable. Um, I felt like the offense, you know, they battled throughout the whole game. And, again, me personally, no one's going to be harder on me than myself, and it goes back to that interception for me. Um, You know, if we don't don't give them a short field there, uh, our defense is playing lights out, kind of make them drive the field and, They still have to score 10 points at that moment. So, um, you know, that was was a tough one to swallow for sure.
1: Of course, the turning point on this whole thing was that interception when he's trying to hit Logan Thomas for a first down with the game tied. Steady overthrows him. Minnesota intercepts it. They come down. They kick the game-winning field goal. And he had guys underneath that he could have gone to. So, what was the deal with the high throw to Thomas?
2: We had a pivot route on the left side, and he's my first read. And you know, going back to the iPad, he's he's wide open. I gotta, I just gotta stick to it. Um, but you know, I felt like the nickel or safety down there was gonna kind of ricochet and, and cover him. So I went to my second read, and Logan was open. But the you know, the the window was closing pretty quick. Kendricks did a good job of kind of ricocheting back in that hole. So I want to give him a high ball, get over at Kendricks, and just a little too high. Um, again, unfortunate, but back to square one. I gotta. I got to hit that pivot and move on.
1: For his part, Thomas said that, you know, hey, might have been a bad throw, but there is nothing that would indicate that, you know, the support for Heineke in the locker room is nothing but
2: 100%. Taylor made one mistake but everything before that like he was balling he played well he made plays and plays like weren't even there i mean for goodness sakes the middle linebacker fell on his face so like the kid makes plays yeah everybody makes mistakes in this game I multiple mistakes but uh they just don't get highlighted like an interception i mean he's a he's a baller either way man like he's one of those guys that you want in your locker room you want behind center you want a guy that wants wants to play and compete like he does so um i don't think there's any shortcomings or uh, anything like that—that's a guy you want
1: to play. So you got to ask yourself, you know, what's you know what's the better option at this point: superior talent or a guy that is going to overachieve but has everybody, you know, rallying to him? How much do the intangibles count? That's what we're going to find out in the next few weeks. Now, again, I talk about you got to read between the lines with Ron Rivera. So I'm going to leave you today with this, these couple of things here. When Rivera was talking about Heineke, his development, and you kind of saying, okay, so is he going to stick with him or does he go back to Wentz? Now on on the interception, Rivera said, should have gone ahead and taken what was given to him. Unfortunately, a great example is he tried to throw the deeper ball to Logan and unfortunately threw it off his back foot and sailed it when he could have taken. He had his primary read with a pivot, And he was open, and unfortunately, he tried to throw the deeper ball. Now, if he throws the ball going into the throw and not going backwards, that ball doesn't sail on him. He's got a chance to hit Logan. So that was unfortunate, but that's a little indicative of him. I mean, you're going to get those kind of shots, and when he makes them, everybody gets excited. We all do. And when he doesn't, unfortunately, this was one of the things that got us. You look at stuff like that, what that's saying is that Ron Rivera, who— paid $28 million and a conditional second or third round pick is going to go back to Carson Wentz without a doubt when Carson's healthy and ready to go. He thinks that's his best option to make another late season run and get into the postseason. So get ready for it and strap up because it's going to be one hell of a run after next week. All right, we got to get out of here. clock on the wall says our time is up. Don't forget, you can get us at the Hockey and Digskin Podcast Network page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, and wherever find podcasts and sold. Talk to you later in the week with some Caps Talk. Remember, like the wise man said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, we're white.
0: washed his hands